Peter at the heart of the community on 105.9 Bishop FM. to Green Matters. Uh, it's Sunday the 7th of May and you're with Peter for the next hour and we're discussing our environment uh, on this hour and uh, you join me uh, right on the banks of uh, the River Weir and uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic setting just, um, just over uh, down by the Bats Car Park. Uh, it's, it's fantastic and you can see Kinran uh, in the background and also uh, we're here uh, with uh, some intrepid people from uh, the Angling Trust and uh, Mick Donkin from uh, the Weir Rivers Trust and they're uh, tackling a big problem uh, around and about uh, just up from the banks of the river uh, there's uh, giant knotweed uh, and hogweed what they're doing today uh, is applying weed killer uh, to keep the the plants down. And I didn't realise how dangerous they were. Uh, so uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, I caught up uh, with uh, Mick Donkin from the Weir Rivers Trust, uh, filling up his uh, backpacks before he went out searching for those uh, hogweeds and knotweeds. And uh, there was a lot of them. So I caught up with him and this is what he had to say. Now, I'm with uh, Mick Donkin from the uh, Weir Rivers Trust on the Bats Car Park here in Bishop Auckland. And um, he, he's mixing some high concentrate weed killer uh, into some spraying machines. So, so Mick, thanks for joining us on um, Green Matters. Just, just tell us what you're doing. Well, we're just getting uh, ready to go and uh, deal with some giant hogweed. Um, we're using glyphosate, uh, which is like a, a Roundup Pro Vantage. Um, it's a, it's a fairly, it's one of the strongest weed killers, and it's one of the ones we're legally licensed to use in and around the watercourse by the Environment Agency. They, they give us a permit every year, and we, we treat it up and down the river uh, when it appears. And there are various other invasive non-native species which we deal with as well. So, so tell us about this this hogweed because it's a bit of, it's a bit of a no no, isn't it, for uh, our environment? It's it's not a one you want to come across. Um, it can actually do you quite a bit of damage. You can burn your skin like big big blisters, like sun sunburn. Um, I, as a kid, I grew up on the tweed where I used to make pea shooters out of it. So I ended up with a, the, like the half circles of one on each lip type thing for years. Um, but it comes back, so when the sun's out, it gets worse. Uh, you know, it just keeps keeps on blistering up. Um, I, I'm not a doctor, so I'm, I'm not really that good on that side of things. But it's not a nice one you want to be brushing in against with their bare legs and things like that. I mean, I've seen the effects it has on one or two gardeners when they've strimmed it in the garden and not realised, especially when they've done it in their flip-flops. Obviously, shouldn't really do that, but it, some of them do. I didn't realise it was so dangerous. and It's dangerous for our watercourses as well, isn't it? 
Well, it kind of takes over. It, it's more dangerous for, for us and the, the wildlife roundabout. Yeah, sort of dogs with short, short hair can get burns and blisters off it. Obviously, we can. We brush against it. You fall into it. It's quite, quite nasty. Um, I know of some shooting dogs which have lost eyes because they've, you know, they've gone through it and, and things like that. Uh, I know of a dog what died and some of the wild swimmers in the river have, have a job getting in and out in various places where they want to go because it's just so thick. We're lucky here, we don't have it here, but we've got an isolated area which we're going to treat today just so that it doesn't spread and infect another 10, 15 miles of the river weir. Because we're here with uh, some great guys from the... Uh, Angl Anglers Trust, aren't we? Um, and uh, they're going to be helping. Yeah, this uh, Kev, Kevin Woodcock, uh, the enforcement manager for the North here, I met him a while ago and we got on talking and I, sort of, I said, you know, lack of volunteers to do stuff like this to help out environmentally. We're all anglers, we're all got that river at heart. So they, 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 Kev, Kev was, yeah, we'll do it, Mick. So yeah, I managed to get the three of them signed up to come and do it. So this is like the first day out doing it for real. So it's really good to have them along, but it's that joined-up approach which we're starting to take to look after it, you know. I mean, I'm working with Durham County Council, I work with the Environment Agency, I work with Northumbria Water a lot as well, and these guys have come on board as well. So we've got it sort of like corralled up, shall you say, with all the right people in the right place now, and we just all need to sort of like be doing it together. So they're like out and about, and I'm getting phone calls in off these guys saying, Mick, did you know it was here? Did you know it was there type thing? Mm -hmm. So we're starting to like get a better idea actually where it is. So together, we can start and deal with it. So the recording aspect's really coming along, and, and you know, Kev's, thanks to his help for that. And then with what I've got through Northumbria Water's sort of sponsorship with Weir Rivers Trust, um, we, we, we've sort of like got some of the, the equipment, as you can see, we've got dotted around about here. And uh, that they kind of give us some funding towards uh, dealing with this, you know. Are, are you making a difference then? I, th I think so. I mean, the, the, big, the big bit we found last year was on Colford Beck, which is the top of old Durham Beck. And we thought that, I thought that was the source until I found this in the winter. Mm. And then... What, what happened was I started treating it last year with some volunteers um, and this is when uh, Kev came along to have a bit look see what we're dealing with and it's an area of about five acres. Now I, I've been to that site and I'll be dealing with that site later on in the week but I've got about a 75% reduction in the plants showing at this stage of the year as compared to last year so that's just one year which I think is really good. Bear in mind the seeds can lie dormant in the ground for a good few years, they're wind blown. The, the rivers are, 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 you know, a natural highway to, to transport them off, to deposit them elsewhere, to, to spread it on as well. But, yeah, I think we've made a massive steps. I've got all the farmers down that catchment um, and the nurseries and uh, there's a, a, even a kennels there. And they all know I'm going to be coming to treat it and it, it's great. They're all offering, you know, support with, well, Mick, if I, can I get you some chemicals? Well, yeah, it'll have to be this one, but then they generally do the, their own ones. So yeah, yeah. I'm sticking to what I've got. And, you know, they're saying, you know, nothing real water are great. It's like a two, three year sort of project. We're just sort of getting into it. COVID, you know, there was a lot of stuff was missed for a couple of years. Yes. And now we're just starting to get back on top of it. But I think in the next couple of years, we'll see a big difference in the reduction of it again. Well, look, Mick, um, you're all togged up and, and you've got your measuring jugs and your, your sprayers here. And all the lads are here uh, on the car park waiting to make our way down to... Uh, our uh, our target, shall we say? So uh, I'll let you get on, and uh, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Cheers, Peter. Thank yes, you. Uh, we'll certainly be uh, catching up uh, with uh, Mick Donkin from uh, Weir Rivers Trust uh, shortly. Uh, he's uh, doing some fantastic work, uh, getting rid of all that uh, giant hogweed 
uh, and uh, not weed there. And I didn't realise uh, how environmentally damaging uh, it really is. We'll also be uh, catching up with uh, the three lads uh, from the uh, Angling Trust. Uh, that's the two Kevins, uh, Kevin Woodcock and uh, Kevin Teasdale. And, uh, of course, uh, Ted Edgar uh, doing a, an absolutely uh, brilliant job uh, there, uh, getting rid of uh, all that uh, knotweed. Uh, but uh, last week I caught up with a couple of uh, lovely ladies, uh, Jean Patterson and Audrey Beck from uh, West Auckland uh, in Bloom, uh, because uh, we're talking about the environment uh, and uh, flowers really uh, enhance our environment. And uh, this is what uh, Jean and Audrey had to say. I'm joined uh, by Jean Patterson, uh, who's uh, group chair, and uh, Audrey Beck, uh, who's treasurer of the uh, West Auckland uh, in Bloom group. Uh, very good morning to you, uh, ladies. Thanks for joining us here on Green Matters. Morning. Morning. Now you're on you're on speakerphone, uh, so uh, it's great to hear from you. But just. Uh, uh, tell us, Jean, a little bit about uh, what your group does. As a lot of people will know, we set up this group in 2018 uh, and we've been going nearly five years. What we do is we have put planters on the village green and we um, change the plants twice a year. We replant twice a year, make the village look colourful and tidy and not only that audrey collects the litter every saturday morning she goes out and collects the litter in the village so so both of you are, are always helping the environment then whatever we take out of our planters um this time of year we don't throw most of it away we replant in different places in the village right i see so that we're not having to buy plants all the time yeah, and uh, you were telling me just a little bit earlier that you, uh, this year, or, or sh I should say last season, uh, was using peat-free compost. Due to what's happening with the environment, environment and one thing and another, um, compost that we bought and uh, the compost that was donated to us was right. all uh, peat-free. Well, that's fantastic. That's helping the environment. And uh, Audrey, tell us a little bit about this litter picking that you do. Uh, you do it on a Saturday, you say. Where do you go and, and, and how long are you, are you out? I go out at 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning. I start at the Eden Garage at the far end of our village. Right. And I come right down through the village, right away around the village green and back home. Takes about an hour and a half and I've been doing this before we started West Auckland in Bloom, about seven, eight years I've been doing it. I can see a big improvement in the village. When I first started doing this, I used to pick up five, six bags on a Saturday morning. I would say we'll be lucky if we pick one full bag up now on a Saturday morning. So I think there has been a big improvement and people are starting to appreciate the village. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really important for the environment. On Green Matters, uh, we covered uh, litter picking uh, a couple of months ago, uh, and uh, I didn't realise how serious the problem was. Uh, but you say uh, you've made an impact on the community. Uh, you're not picking up as much now. No, definitely not. Uh, Jean, I wanted to ask you, uh, roughly how many volunteers do you have uh, at West Auckland in Bloom? We have eight regular vis uh, regular volunteers. Right. And 
and usually when we're planting, we have about 12. Uh, we have four that help us just to plant, but the eight regulars help us to water, deadhead, um, and tidy, and tidy up. And, and tidy the village up. Yeah. Uh, so you'll be coming up to sort of planting season shortly, really. We're sort of uh, uh, at the beginning of May now. So uh, what what are your plans for this year, Jean? On the 20th of May, we're going to start and empty the planters in the village, uh, take out what we need to take out and leave the sustainable plants in. Uh, right. And we will be putting um, fresh compost back in ready for the new plants going in, which we will be put, uh, planting on the 30th and the 31st of May. So if anybody would like to come and help us, we will be down the village on them Thank two you. mornings. Oh, that sounds a bit of a challenge, doesn't it, uh, that you're putting out there for people? So uh, yes. when's that on the yes. 30th of May, you say? On the 30th and the 31st of May. Uh, yes. Have you got any particular plants in mind? Uh, <laughs> uh, do, do you put the same ones in each year, or does it very much depend on, on what's available? What we've ordered is geraniums. Yeah, they're lovely, aren't they? Yeah, begonias, um, bed and begonias, petunias, um, and infills, a lot of, a lot of infills like bicopper and... Uh, yeah. Trailing ones, Lobelia, uh, said Lobelia, did yeah. uh, So, yes, we'll be, it'll be colourful again. Yeah, because uh, these planters that you've got, uh, I, I read a story uh, recently uh, in the, the local press. I don't know how long ago it was, uh, but these um, planters uh, with their attractive floral displays uh, were recently uh, in an entry for the RHS, the Royal Horticultural Society. It's your neighbourhood competition. So how, how did you do in the end uh, in that? Right. Uh, well, in, in the neighbourhood competition, you just you don't get marked gold, silver or anything like that. Right. You just get a, a, a certificate. Uh, the year after, we did... Uh, went in full. The full uh, Northumbrian Bloom. And yeah. we got a gold. We got a gold certificate. Fabulous. That was our first year of entering. Now, last year, we entered and we also uh, got Orkley Cross School to enter with us as a special. And we we got Silver Guild and, and Orkley Cross got Silver, silver Guild. Fantastic. So so you, you, you're actually award winning then? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> we we're very proud of those certificates. <laughs> well, I, I should I should it's think not, so as well. It's not just the planting with Northumbrian bloom. It's not uh, it's environment. It's keeping the village tidy, edging yeah. around um, the greens, the and sweeping the roads, and um, and we do sweep the roads, yeah. and we do edge in the village, and it is really. Edging is really hard work because it's, it's easy, a big yeah. village. I must admit, so, when, whenever I come through uh, West Auckland, uh, it always does really uh, seriously look spick and span. So, yeah. so you, you, your work is, is appreciated and uh, people do notice it. Now, I've noticed, um, I've got to ask you this about uh, funding, unfortunately, because obviously all this costs money. Uh, I did notice that, that you'd had uh, financial support uh, £2,000 from the Bishop Auckland uh, and Shildon Area Action Partnership and also a £500 grant 
uh, from uh, Durham County Council. So I, I presume, uh, Audrey, I'm, this this is for you because you're the treasurer. I, I presume it's something that you've got to keep on top of, isn't it? Funding all the time. We are very grateful to Rob and mm. Christine Wilson and to Durham County Council for the money they have given us. But our biggest supporters are our people in our village. Mm. The, the support we have from them is, we can't explain to you how much it means to all of us. When we first started this, we weren't sure whether this was what our people in our, people in our village wanted. And as Jean said to you, we had this coffee morning the first time yeah. and we raised over a thousand pound and it just blew us away. And from then we have had um, afternoon teas. We've done a quiz night and a pie and peace supper. Um, and then we had a coffee morning after the pandemic in the September. And from that, I think we made 800 and then we got some more money given. So Fantastic. from the people in the village, it is just, I can't explain to you how it makes me feel. We do a pathway from Darlington Road towards Oakley Cross School. Right. And there was four of us working on that pathway one morning when a gentleman came along the pathway and he came to me and he said, are you West Orkney in Bloom? I said, yes, we are. He says, well, this is for you. Please use it. And I said, thank you very much. And I asked his name and he said, no, honey. He said, you just take that and use it. And I opened that envelope and that man gave me £500 to put plants in the village. But but isn't that great? And and the work that you do is improving the environment for everybody. The, you know, the litter picking, the, the, the planting... And uh, it's just lovely. I mean, in my own garden, it's only a small garden, but I, I love sitting in the garden and seeing the plants uh, develop, come up, come into bloom. And uh, it, it must be uh, uh, an absolute uh, privilege to, to, to see that in such a, a lovely area as West Auckland. Yeah, well, this pathway, if you ever have a chance to stop in West Auckland and walk up this pathway... We, one of our friends calls it her happy place. And all the plants down this pathway, when we say to you, it's a hundred foot either side, and God. all of the plants, I would say 95% yeah. of the plants have been given by people in the village or donated to us. We haven't had to buy anything at all, hardly. So... Um... Jean, Audrey, how do people get in touch with you and, and donate their cash, services, time, what, whatever? How, how can people get in touch with the group? Well, we have a Facebook page. Right. Uh, West Auckland in Blue. If anybody just messages me off the Facebook page, um, I can get in touch with them through that. Right. Um, but... We're often in the village. If anybody catches us in the village, we can speak to them there. We have one lady in the village where we have tall planters, and this lady can't get out of the house. Yeah. And when we plant these tears, yeah. she either shouts at us or gets her grandson. And no matter whether how big or how small the donation, this lady gives us £10. She said, this is just to help. I love looking at these flowers, and this is a donation. 
and more often than not we've been in the village and people have stopped us and just given us money yeah Fantastic. It, it, it is absolutely fantastic. I mean, we've talked about funding. We've talked about the environment. Uh, it's all very important. I, I think the, the, the biggest importance over all of this is getting the pleasure out of seeing everything come to fruition that you do. The reaction from the people in the village when we're working in the village is just, it blows me away. I can't tell you how proud I am when Jean and I said we would start this up. And from what it's gone from to what it is today, it's absolutely amazing. And also, uh, also Peter, we get um, people driving through That's the village right. and see, see the village right. and they see the picnic tables and they come and they park and they, they sit at the picnic tables and have meals meals and that and there's even camper vans come and park and sit and have meals there now so <laughs> and we're talking to these people and they're just passing through yeah they're going to scotland or hexham or yeah. somewhere like that and they've just stopped and because they've seen the village you know how nice it is well it is so, a gorgeous area as i say it, it, yeah, every time yeah. I, I drive through uh, over the last few years I, i've thought well what what a pretty green and all the all the yeah. flowers are, are, are lovely and we we feel also what we've done and with COVID and that, this has brought our community together. Yeah, it, yeah. It's brought West Auckland together. The people in West Auckland have seen as though they're more, um, they want to help in little ways. Uh, anything they can do, they will help us, even watering. Yeah. You know, people on water meters have said, oh, you can use my water, you know. And we've, yeah. we've said, no, no, you're on meter. No, no, you use the water. It has. It's brought people together more. Well, that, isn't yeah. that fantastic? It's, I mean, it's it a is. great community thing that you're doing. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, it, it improves people's uh, perspective on life as well as improving the environment that we all live in. And uh, it's a fantastic thing uh, that you're doing. So uh, give my best to everybody involved and uh, maybe next time I come through West Auckland uh, I'll stop and, and, and give you the wave Yes, you do that <laughs> Jean, Audrey thank you very much for your time talking to us uh, on Green Matters and uh, all the very best uh, for the season to come Thank you, thank you for inviting us This is Children's Bishop FM Peter Rush on Bishop FM Welcome back to uh, Green Matters. Uh, this hour we're talking about uh, our environment. Yes, uh, a little while ago I spoke to Jean uh, uh, and Audrey from uh, West Auckland in Bloom. Uh, at the uh, beginning of the show I spoke to uh, uh, the Weir River Trust's uh, Mick Donkin uh, and he's uh, down uh, by the uh, River Weir dealing with some uh, uh, giant knotweed. Uh, and uh, doing uh, a little bit of weed killing with him uh, is uh, Kevin Woodcock uh, from the uh, Anglers Trust. I'm with, I'm with uh, Kevin yeah. Woodcock uh, from the uh, Angling Trust. Kevin, how, how did you get involved in, in all this weed killing? Uh, I met Mick um, a good few years ago when I first started with the Angling Trust. Uh, and as part of my job being the enforcement manager, I'm responsible for the, vip, for the volunteer village, but also to link in with other clubs uh, and agencies, the police, the environment agency, and, and the Rivers Trust, so there's m multiple in the region. 
and we got chatting and we went on a, a, a walk up near Pittington where Mick showed me um, a large patch of, uh, of giant hogweed and I was quite shocked at it having previous employment and as a kid I've played in it and, and I've you know, hacked it down and not realising what it is and how dangerous it is. Yeah. And then Mick started mentioning the fact that you know he struggles getting the numbers up to start out and get it sprayed. Well, I work with a network in the northeast of 100 volunteer bailiffs, so I put it out with a, to my uh, team, and I says, look, you know, if you're interested, we could go out and do some spraying. And they all said yes, they'll, they'll be interested in uh, and volunteer the time. So I went back to Mick and said, look, we're here, we're volunteers. Where do you want us? We just need some training. Mick came back was uh, a couple of months later, said there's some uh, vacancies on one of his uh, his trust um, training packages that they, they were running. So myself, um, Ted Edgar and, and Kev Teasdale, also uh, volunteer bailiffs, they came along. We did the training uh, a couple of weeks ago, and here we are at the day, day one of uh, doing it live. So so training, so so tell me a little bit about, about the training. What does that entail, Kevin? Uh, it, the first, it come over in three days. The first day was online uh, with the, uh, the instructor going over the legislation, what the chemicals were going to be using, how to, the different concentrates, because you can't just plug it into the uh, into the water reservoirs they've got to be measured out in in sort of down to the millimeter uh, milliliter yeah. uh, then we went out on the second day and we did a little bit of um, learning about the equipment how to alter the nozzles how to fill up the bottles and a set way of doing it safely we've got all the um, safety equipment for the PPA etc and then we started doing um, some practical spraying where we, it was just water but it was shown because you've got to get down measure your pace, how, how quickly you can take you to walk over a measured distance because that equates to how much of the concentrate you're putting in the water. Um, you know, the wind conditions, the weather conditions, you know, if there's people about, dog walkers and things like that. So it's all that was all part of the training. And then on the, on the third day was actually where we got uh, assessed on the work that we did. So we had a, a, a written test, which we, was a pass or fail, so we had to do that. And then we did a, a practical um, where... The instructor watched us where we examined all our kit, we examined all our PPE, we put the PPE on, uh, equipment on correctly, and then we, we went through a process of filling up the bottles, filling up the, the reservoirs and getting the, the equipment ready to go and spray. And then we went out and did um, over a measured distance. And it had to be, and it's literally down to the, to the second, you know, 100 metres takes you 90 seconds to walk it. You've got to remember that pace, you've got to pump the you know the the pump on the on the um, spread equipment, so the, it's a constant flow, um, and it it sounds complicated. It was complicated, but once you've done it, then you realise it's only in your own head that, that, that makes it complicated because it's it's stuff that I've never done it before. But when Mick says, "Oh, we're out today. Do you want to come down?" <laughs> Chomp it at the bit. Yeah. So you got volunteered. So you're doing it live for the first time today, then, Kev? Yes, we are. The first time. It's. Uh, Hopefully we'll do it well and Mick will invite us back. But yes, first day um, out doing it. And it's just the Angling Trust, we, you know, it's a, it's a big organisation. We've got thousands of volunteers. It's a way of giving something back. You know, we're all keen anglers. We're all look at, looking after the environment. How, how does this weed impact you as, as the anglers, Angling Trust then? Uh, the invasive plants, the, 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 you know, if it gets onto the water course, all it takes is a little um, a leaf or a little... You know, if somebody's hacked a bit off, it flows down, it sticks to the riverbank and then it grows. That then, you know, the, the, the bushes grow out of it, which then covers the bank side. None of the native plants can grow because it's in the shade. 
come the winter when it all dies off, the bank sides, um, you know, it's weakened. So when you get in the flood of water, it'll wash away the bank side. So you, you know, you, you run the risk of, the, of flooding. Um, you know, you could be out fishing and the bank will suddenly collapse from underneath you. You know, it's and and, and it's dangerous. Yeah, you you you're just going to say, and it's dangerous, isn't it? It is dangerous. Um, several years ago, I got both shins burnt. Went to the doctors, eczema. Never had it before in my life. Got the creams. Next year it came back. Next year it came back. Didn't know what it was, and it was only a few months ago when I was doing a health and safety PowerPoint for, for the uh, for the Angling Trust. That I was downloading some images off Google, that I realised my shins were the same as the photographs, and you know, and having shown other people the, the photographs and, and described me, you know, the, the burns because uh, the, the burns came back every year for three and four and five years, you know, and it, it, it's awful. It, burn, it it does literally burn your skin. You just want to rive it off. Well, well, I'm going to stay out of your way. I, I think I think Mick's uh, just about got all the uh, containers uh, filled now. So we're going to have a walk down, uh, Kev, to uh, to where we're going to be spraying. So, uh, as I say, I'll, I'll stay out of the way for the for the for the moment. Uh, thanks a lot. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yes, thank you uh, to Kevin uh, from the uh, Anglers Trust, doing an absolutely uh, great job. Uh, with uh, getting rid of all that uh, hog and uh, not weed. Well, I uh, walked along the bank a little bit uh, there, uh, down the uh, River Weir, towards the viaduct, uh, and I caught up with uh, Mick Donkin uh, as he was actually spraying. And I wanted to know the difference between hogweed and not weed. What's the uh, difference between not weed and hogweed? Um, right, the um, not weed is these tall... Um, th thinnish stems, you know, about the thickness of sort of like you beat your thumb type thing, about six foot tall, and you can see some of the green shoots with the little pink bits coming away. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the canes. That's, yes, that's yes. your um, that's your Japanese knotweed. Your, your giant hogweed is. Can you see this lovely like green, bright green spiky plant just yes, over there? Yes, yes, yes. It's probably what? about what 300 millimeters tall, 12 inches tall at the moment. That's it, just coming out through the ground. So in a two months' time. That could well be about up to five, six metres tall, with leaves about three metres square. Massive. So this is the one that has the poisonous sap, which reacts to sunlight and can give you blisters. That's the one you need to be careful with. The Japanese knotweed, obviously by its name, is, I believe is from Japan. But I'm, not a, I'm not a botanist. No, and no. the, the um, hogweed came back with our Victorian, well both of them did, our Victorian forebears um, who thought they would look nice in the garden back here. Little did they know. And these were a status symbol was hogweed, one either side of your st the steps up to your big house. Right, so one either side thought, oh, he's, you know, he, oh, look at him. He's, look at the size he, of his he's made it, yeah. He's made it, yeah. He's got plants that size. Blue neck, where do you get them from, you know? Um, and they're from sort of the Baltic states, Eastern Russia, quite a bit. But it, it, it appears all over the world and it's in a lot of rivers round about as a result of our forebears bringing it back. But I didn't realise it was so pro prolific. It, it grew, grew so, and I didn't realise how dangerous it was either. Yeah, um, we call it an invasive non-native species for the simple reason is it outcompetes the local fauna. So therefore, just blankets them out. So at the minute, as you can see on this bit here, we've got some dockins, we've got some buttercups, and we've got some non-stinging nettles, some stinging nettles, and what I call sticky bobs coming through. Now, by the time these leaves get up, they will have sort of this plant here 
it'll probably take up an area of about three square meters so a radius of about one and a half meters out and everything in below just kind of dies off because they're not getting the sunlight no i didn't realize that. i mean they're, they're, they're almost like uh, a cross between rhubarb uh, and um celery really they're very much like that yes um unfortunately these ones have a bit of sting in the sting in the sap shall we say so if you if you come across any the best thing to do is not to touch them no for god's sake don't don't touch it keep keep your dogs off it don't let them chew because even even animals with short fur can still end up with the blisters as well yeah, yeah. you don't want to touch it with your skin you certainly want to keep the kids out of it you don't want to be falling it. you don't want to be playing with it um and if you do obviously you know straight away medical help uh, 111 um get it rinsed off as, as soon as you can even if it's just a case of you can get in the river get in the river and, and wash it off if you think you've got the sap on you yeah. got you know you far better be wet as, 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 as yes. burnt with it yes. um yes. but yeah and then yeah obviously follow the procedures and, and get it get it checked out properly as well you you, you get some creams for it and obviously uh, from the hospitals and, and doctors and stuff like that but you know you've, you've got to be really careful and if you do come across it and you're not sure about it there's you know use use the app on the, the search bar on your google phone or on a phone on google and yeah, yeah. take a picture of it and it'll tell you what it is you know or you can ask google yeah. what is it you know and that will help and if you do come across it certainly in the weir catchment i'm from the weir rivers trust you know, I'm kind of dealing with it on, be, on behalf yeah. of the angling sort of uh, population and, and uh, you know, people who want to enjoy the waterside, let, let us know. I, I, I think our, our, um, th there's an email address on, on the website, you know, just, just give us yeah, a tinkle. Have a, have a look on yeah. uh, weir-rivers-trust. Yeah, that's the one, .org.uk. Uh, yeah, .org.uk. Yeah, uh, and and I, I didn't realise it was as much of an environmental problem as it is, to be fair, Mick. It's, it's it's massive. Well, it's certainly massive in our catchment and the Tees. There's some. There's not very much yeah. further north as you go. There's some other catchments further north again who do. But the Tyne has a little bit of it. The the Weir has is quite a bit. This is a, could potentially be a significant outbreak and could infect another ten to fifteen miles of the Weir. Currently, we've got it sort of contained downstream from well from Shincliffe Bridge downstream. It comes in from a tributary there, which was what we thought was a primary source. This is a, this this could be a secondary source which would infect you know miles of the river which currently it, it's not there so you know it would do, we're dealing with this now with the landowners you know Kinran um, the uh, Auckland Trust um, we'll you know sort the permissions out I've got the permissions from the EA to spray although I'm far enough off the river that you know it probably wouldn't apply. I notice you have the signs up as well that, that you are spraying today and yeah. the advice to people whenever they see you all togged up is, is just to keep to the paths. Keep to the paths, keep to the dogs on the lead. And we'll, if, if you see one of us suited up, we will advise you on where to walk if we if you know we've been spraying along the footpath. As you can see, the footpath's pretty clear here. We'll follow this up. It's when it comes down to the top, it's still quite clear. It's about two metres wide. So if anyone is coming from Bishop and coming down to the, the river weir, bats down through the field at the back of the north side car park, just stick to the footpath. You'll see us in the blue blue uniforms going around spraying to the to the sides and amongst the trees and, and, and please just put your dog on the lead until this, this chemical dries as well and and that hill up there as as we're looking up towards uh, the main car park in in bishop auckland uh, from the river is, is where you're going so it's where we're working we're working right. you can see it just on the top of the hill there 20 yards away it's all the way up through the trees up that side goes all the way around along the top and comes down the far side to the houses where we started off before Peter so yeah. we, we just you know we're going to work our way around we've got two on either side we're just going to treat what we can today um, what we'll do is we'll spray what we can we'll probably use a couple of tankfuls each 
um, and then we'll come back in a couple of weeks and we'll just pick up the ones we've missed or the ones which have come through later, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, let, let me let you get on and uh, I'll walk up with you and uh, I'll catch up with you in a moment. No problems. Now, we're massively into this uh, weed cull, uh, Kevin. Kevin Woodcock from the uh, Anglers Trust. How's it, how's it going, Kev? Because uh, you look rather warm in that suit and visor. It's hard going. It's uh, the state bank doesn't help, and the fact that it, it's quite overgrown, so you're fighting through it. But with this, with the way the spray works, you know, you stretch your arm out, you, you've gained six feet. Um, you know, and then the spray itself, as long as you keep the pressure up, yeah. it's going to drift onto the plant. You don't want to drift it too far. Uh, but it is hard going and there's a lot more you know you, you look around a tree and there's another clump um, but we're getting there but the, the training's coming to its own then yeah what they didn't tell you was you have to be like a mountain goat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no it, it, the training it, it it's all comes comes together I know we did the practical uh, exercise but it's like everything else you know you practice this you practice that but when you do it for real that, that's when you learn you know, we we weren't doing it on steep banks. We weren't doing it in overgrown. Um, no, it's quite boggy as well in places, isn't it? Very boggy. Um, I've got stuck a couple of times, but uh, training's very good. Um, but there's nothing like getting out and doing it for real. You know, you pass your driving test. You don't learn until you go out on your own. We're out on our own. Absolutely. Well, look, I don't want to hold you up, Kevin. I know you're having a bit of a breather here. You let's let's just have a look at your backpack. Oh, you've you've you're about halfway through. You're about halfway through your backpack, and you're going to fill it up again, aren't you? I was hoping you said it was nearly empty. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's um, it's about halfway. No, that's fine. It'll uh, get this backpack done, fill up again with another half one, and we should get this entire area covered. Uh, if I can get this patch in front of us done, this what about fifty square meters? I would imagine, maybe hundred square meters. If I can get that done out of this backpack. Once we refill, we can go the other side of the path and, uh, and meet up with uh, with Kevin, with Mick, and uh, get it sorted. You don't realise how steep it is, do you, until no, you get no, up here? You don't. I mean, you think if you know if people are going to take a shortcut, get to the river from the car park, 30, 40 metres, and they're in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, yeah. You know, and if in the summer with shorts and, yeah. and T-shirts on, and especially for children, it's going to be face height for them. I'm going to say, in the summer, this is going to be, if, you, if you're not doing what you're doing... This is going to be uh, sort of metres high, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, as I said, I've uh, I've seen some down near uh, Doncaster on the River Don when I was on a patrol with the EA, and it's 20, 25 feet tall with with a stem at the base as thick as my wrist. Crikey. You know, so it's horrible, horrible stuff. Great. Well, you're doing a great job, Mick, and, and thanks for talking to us. Uh, I, I don't want to hold you up anymore. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, 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 leave, I'll leave you to it and I'm just going to retire as a stay safe distance. Thanks very much, Kevin. Yeah, my pleasure. Take care. Thank you. I'm just uh, catching up with uh, Ted from the uh, Anglers Trust and uh, he's, uh, he's doing a grand job. I was just going to ask you, Ted, how, how's it going? It's, uh, it's warm work, but we're slowly getting through it. There's a lot more than I thought there was going to be. A tremendous amount. So it's uh, quite a lot of spraying is going to be required to keep this knocked back. Yeah, it, it, it's, I'm absolutely astounded by the amount that there is here. And there's a lot of seed heads, isn't there? Yes. So it's, it doesn't bode well for the future no. uh, unless you do what you're doing. 
That's right, and as you can see, the last years, you can see where they've all died off, and they're a tremendous size as well. So if we can get them sprayed early and knocked down early, it might just make it easy to eradicate it. And it's going to take, uh, obviously, spring over a, a number of seasons in order to get rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, you're doing an absolutely great job. And I know it's warm work and it's very boggy. I was just saying to Kevin, it's quite, quite boggy and the terrain uh, isn't the best either. But you're doing a great job. Well, the unfortunate thing is these, these things grow, don't grow on nice manicured lawns. Mm -hmm. So you've, And you've got to get in amongst it. So a good pair of stout Wellingtons and... Uh, yeah, lose lose a few pounds while you're doing it. Well, I, th I think I will, and I've I've just been sort of climbing round. Uh, but look, Ted, thanks ever so much uh, for talking to us, and uh, all the best. And uh, thanks for what what you're doing, and and and, and all the best in in your spraying. Well, it's all part of uh, being retired. If you, it's time to give a little bit back now. I think so. It's uh, as I say, especially with anglers against. Anglers against pollution, invasive species, if we can all do our little bit, then it'll make the rivers uh, a whole lot better. Well, it's keeping our environment for all of us, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And there's more and more people taking an interest in the environment now, and uh, that can only be a good thing. And uh, as I say, deals like this, when people like myself and Kevin just volunteer to do this, you know, when you're retired, you've got the time to do it. So. Uh, another reason to get out of bed on the morning. Well, you're doing a great job. Don't, don't let me keep you from it. But thanks for your time, Ted, and all the very best to you. Thank you. Cheers. Well, you're with Peter on Green Matters uh, this Sunday morning. Uh, and uh, I'm uh, just on the banks of the River Weir, uh, just down uh, from the Bats Car Park. And uh, we're here with uh, Mick Donkin uh, from the Weir Rivers Trust and with uh, Kevin Woodcock from the Angling Trust uh, and uh, a couple of other great lads, Ted and another Kevin. Uh, and uh, we're uh, dealing with the uh, hogweed, the knotweed uh, that's round and about. Now, uh, non-native species uh, are those that have been introduced either intentionally or unintentionally outside their native range. A small proportion of non-native species can uh, go on to cause negative impacts on the environment, economy or uh, human health. These are known as invasive non-native species. And uh, they're recognised as one of the biggest threats to biodiversity worldwide. Invasive non-native plants can uh, block footpaths and Japanese knotweed can damage concrete, threatening infrastructure and giant hogweed, uh, one of the uh, plants that we're dealing with here today, can cause harm to human health. What uh, we're doing here is actually uh, spraying chemicals uh, to actually kill the plants it's a bit of a labour-intensive process. Uh, I mean, it's good that we've got a reasonably good morning for this, uh, but the lads uh, are out, and I can see them across the uh, the field here, and they're spraying uh, the weeds, the hogweed, the knotweed, with weed killer, uh, basically uh, to uh, 
to, to get rid of them because they are very, very dangerous for health. And as Mick was just saying, uh, you know, you just got to be careful uh, yourself uh, as well as your animals. Uh, just make sure that you uh, stick to the paths, uh, particularly when uh, spraying's uh, going on. So that's uh, exactly what I did. Uh, I stuck to the path, and it's really important to uh, stick to the paths uh, as well, uh, because if uh, you get any uh, seeds uh, or uh, bits and pieces uh, from uh, those uh, knotweeds and hogweeds, you can actually spread it along uh, the fields and the riverbanks. Uh, but uh, I made uh, my way down uh, from uh, the banks of the river uh, up to the Bats car park, uh, where uh, I came across uh, uh, Kevin Teasdale, that's the other Kevin, uh, and Mick Donking uh, doing a little bit of uh, refilling of their uh, backpacks. I'm with uh, Kevin Teasdale. Kevin, now you, you're back for a refill, so it must be going all right. How's, how's it been? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it's hard going. There's a steep bank there, and there's also very boggy, boggy water, which I didn't realise, so I nearly went up yeah. over the over the Wellingtons in that, but no, it's going well. It's, it's worthwhile for whatever the hardship is. But, I mean, I, I was up there earlier on. Uh, that's why I'm a little bit out of breath, but... <laughs> you <be laughs> yes. Both, yeah. <laughs> uh, but... There's a lot of it, isn't there? There's a lot of this uh, hogweed and knotweed and everything. Yeah, it's it's, it's quite staggering, really. I, I, when we first looked at it, I didn't think there'd be as much. But once you get into it and in the woodland, it's it, it really is everywhere, and you can see how fast this thing spreads. And of course, now now we're into springtime, big time, because it's it's quite warm today, isn't it? Uh, I suppose this encourages it to grow even more. Yeah, always. always. So this is this is the biggest time of year when you get the biggest you know onward growth as everything's started and uh, yeah it's it's I'm astonished how how big some of it is already and and if you look underneath the growth that's coming underneath it as well so yeah, yeah. you've you got to make sure make sure you do the right spraying on this yeah yeah because it sort of comes up from the middle doesn't it yeah yeah it's uh, it's very nasty stuff so it's worthwhile and there's a lot of seeds up there so it's it's good that you you're laying the groundwork well, one of the one of the things that, that struck me up there, there's a lot of it grows by by this kind of stream. It's a bit of a muddy yeah. stream that comes down off the bank, and of course they just drop the seeds into that, and that's making its way to the river. So that's what we're trying to do, try to, trying know, to stop that. Stop that, yeah. So you're in you're you're uh, representing the Angling Trust. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what 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 apart from volunteering to do jobs like you're doing today, yeah. what what what's your sort of general job within the trust? So I'm retired, um, and so I have uh, plenty of time on my hands. Uh, and a lot of what I do is I do the patrol, what we call patrols. So that's um, walking the riverbanks. I often take the dog for a walk, or I indeed I fish myself. Yeah. And we keep keep an eye out for anything that's suspicious or any anglers out of season, those type of things. You, you're looking for the, these these nasty weeds as well, hog and knot weeds, and and, and various other things that uh, are are a threat to not only the angler's environment but all our environments because I didn't know how nasty this stuff is no you're absolutely right there and that you know we look we look for we also look for pollution into the waters anything coming out of the streams anything untoward uh, we report on all sorts of things uh, predators birds things like that we report on them we can't do anything about them ourselves but we report on them uh, so it's yeah, it's weeds. It's it's everything to do with the waterways, and you know if you're passionate about it, which is why certainly why I joined, yeah. um, then you know we feel we're doing a worthwhile job. 
Great. Well, look, I won't hold you up anymore, Kevin. Thank, thanks ever so much for your time uh, this morning. I do appreciate that. Yeah, and, well, and, you, and you're doing a, an absolutely fantastic job. Thank you very much. Yeah, much appreciated. Thanks for coming down. Right, I'm just catching up with uh, Mick. How's it going, Mick? Yeah, it's going all right. Um, Kevin and I are back for a fill-up. Um, there's more than what I think we first thought there was. Um, and it seems to be expanding all the time, but hopefully we can, uh, we can give it a bit of a setback this year and then fo follow up next year. We'll come back in a couple of weeks because we will have missed some. There will be some late growers and we'll, we'll just pick it up, but we'll just keep an eye on it. Um, I've just been talking to one of the neighbours uh, there in the, the, the cottages there and he says, he, he, you know, he's got me number. He's going to give us a buzz when he sees it starting. If he sees it going towards the river, he says he'll give us a shout. So... I can't ask for anything more than that, you know, if you're getting the local awareness, getting them built up, so they report these things in. So if people see these weeds or anything untoward, they can actually report it via the website, can they? They can do, yes. Just send send, a, send an email to, like, the admin email on, on the web on our web pages and just, uh, you know, there's places there where they can get involved if they want to. They can donate if they want to or they can come and do a couple of hours if they want. You know, I've, sort of like, I've been busy sort of tree planting early in the spring I've had about 30, 40 volunteers down, and for every tree they plant, it's one less for me to plant in a year, you know, so that's the way I look at it. So, you know, some of them have been there for like eight hours a day, which has been great, and we've planted a thousand trees in a day between them, and other ones have come for a couple of hours, to, you know, fit in between dropping kids off at school, picking them up at lunchtime, things like that. On, on this side of things, it's great getting the Anglin Trust involved with it as well. Um, they've been really good and very supportive of a lot of stuff we've been doing. As I say, I've got three of the guys out today who've just done the training last week, so that they're here to do it, you know, for, for real, which is, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Just give us the website again that people can get in touch with the Weir Rivers Trust. So it's weir-rivers-trust.org.uk. But just stick Weir Rivers in and it, at Google. It comes up either first or second search on, on Google. So and just ping us an email. There's an email there. Contact us. Just Just do it that way. That's great. Well, uh, again, I don't want to hold you up, Mick. Thank you ever so much for your time today. I do really appreciate that. And I look forward to seeing you or a representative from uh, Weir Rivers Trust at the Green Fair. Uh, I've got to get this in. Uh, in uh, On Saturday the 24th of June at Bishop Auckland Methodist Church. Brilliant, you know, looking forward to it. It was it was good last year. We got some good intel and some good people to talk to and, and a number of volunteers. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be definitely be attending again this year. Thanks to you and the lads for all your time today. I really do appreciate that and I'm going to keep in touch. Brilliant. Cheers, Peter. See you again. Lovely. Thanks, Mick. Thanks, Thank sir. you. Thank you. Peter Rush. Bishop FM. Well, that's just about all we've got time for uh, on this edition uh, of uh, Green Matters. Uh, thank you to everyone uh, that has uh, taken the time to uh, take part in the programme uh, this time. Uh, we'll be back in four weeks' time uh, with a brand new uh, programme. Looking forward uh, to uh, the main event, which is on Saturday the 24th of June at the uh, Bishop Auckland uh, Methodist Church uh, between... Uh, uh, 10 and uh, 2 yeah next time uh, will be uh, Sunday the 4th of June at 10am look after yourselves and all those around you I'll see you real soon Peter signing off bye for now <laughs>